internet brand strategist Sandra Beck interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel, to telecommuting from home, to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here today with Robin Boyd and we are talking about some strategies about making time for you, making time for yourself. And, you know, as a mom, whether you're a mom, you're a grandma, whether you're a wife, whether you're a partner, whatever it is, most of us are the last person on the list and finding time for ourselves feels almost wrong and you know you feel guilty to go I just want to lay in the bathtub and scroll through Instagram for the next hour you know when laundry needs to be done there's so many things that need to be done in our mom world that making time for yourself it seems almost like an anathema it does and I think too often we just say oh well I'm just going to do one more thing and then I'll sit down or one more I I the the whatever is right there let me just get through that and then i'll sit down and of course that never comes and then uh we feel exhausted we feel bitter we feel you know why should i be doing everything when you know everybody else is capable or what what not i mean there's always some kind of bitterness tied to it as well i think resentment yeah yes, resentment, resentment. You know, exactly. it's funny, like to get on the show today, I was in the kitchen. I'm like, I'm just going to make myself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, you know, to yep. get through the shows. And then I'm like, oh, while I'm here, I'll throw the dishes in the dishwasher. Oh, well, yep. the, the hand towels are dirty, so I'll bring them in the laundry. Oh, I'll throw the laundry in. And then I'm like, oh, well, I'm right here. I'll get the meat to defrost for dinner. I went out okay. into the kitchen. Then I came back in here. And guess what? I don't have. The very first thing the, I started drink, with, like, you went nothing, to get the drink. like it's sitting in my kitchen right now, you yes. know, completely yes. across the other side of the house. How many times yeah. we've seen that and, and this has nothing to do with sex, but it often does. Um, a, a, a guy will go in and just get the one thing he needs and comes back and sit down and a mom goes to get the drink like you but you did the five other things on the way um, and, and there again it, it's very difficult and I don't mean to be not politically correct by saying that but there are some partners who just that, that brain just works on the one function and so many times we just have that just the plethora of things that we know have to be done and it always lands on our shoulders and we are not we may be good delegators at work but sometimes we're just not good delegators in our home environment and then the kid if you ask the kids to take the trash out you, you might get the grumble or ask the husband can you put the potatoes on before i get home from work as opposed to i walk in the door and the first thing out of his mouth isn't how is your day it's what's for supper right what's <laughs> for <know>? dinner <laughs> there was and, a time rob i have to tell oh. you my what's for dinner story i was 
working uh, two hours away at a military base, working a job, and it was a long commute back and forth. And it was summertime, and both of my kids, both of my brothers were visiting from New York and from Virginia, and then my dad is there. Five people all capable of doing something. And I walk in, and I'm like, I was so tired, and I thought... Maybe they would have ordered pizza, you know, something. And they're all laying around watching the ball game, the Yankees, which is great fun. I would have loved to be doing it, too. They look at me and go, what's for dinner? I was like that Fred Flintstone beginning of the show, you know, where they pull the cord. It goes, Like I couldn't believe you've all been home all day eating, drinking, leaving dishes and things like that. And the minute I walk in the door after a two-hour drive and an eight-hour workday and a two-hour drive, that's 12 hours, people, and nothing was ready. And then they looked at me in all innocence and go, well, we didn't know what you wanted. Yeah. Yeah, right. Because I really have a lot of choice in what I want <laughs> after a 12-hour workday. I can't even make a decision on what exactly. I want. And exactly. Subway or Pizza Hut or something, like, really? anything just just and and why is it so difficult for them to even call for a pizza i'll say oh well you know what why don't we do a pizza for supper and he'll say i'll wait until you get home to call rob you know i'm just going to jump in here for a second because as we're talking about time management tips and strategy to try to help us get everything we need to done in the days hiring somebody can feel like a high stakes wager for our small businesses and you want to be a hundred percent certain that you have access to the best quality qualified candidates available. And that's why I want everybody to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Now, LinkedIn Jobs help find the right people for your team faster and for free. You know, recently we had to hire a new receptionist and that was really tough because we've got a lot of people out of work in our area and people were just flying resumes in right and left, just looking for anything to pay the bills while they get on to their next job. And that's really frustrating for me, a small business owner. So I was able to add my job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to my LinkedIn profile to spread the word that I was hiring. And then there's simple tools like screening questions and things that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so I could quickly prioritize who I wanted to interview and hire. And that allowed me to get a great candidate. She's terrific. We all love her. She's working out and she's not just using this receptionist job as a stepping stone to something else. Because once I put a lot of training into this person, I don't want them to leave because they have a the job of their dreams coming across their way and I was just a placeholder. And it's why using LinkedIn jobs is so important. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash coach talk. That's LinkedIn.com slash coach talk to post your job for free. Now terms and conditions apply but you really want to check this out because it is a mess out there and finding the right person fast, getting them on the phone, bringing them into your office, hiring them so that you can have relief. You're not doing double duty is so important. So go to linkedin.com slash coach talk to post your job for free. LinkedIn.com 
dot com slash coach talk post your job for free terms and conditions apply now we're talking today with robin boyd we're talking about you know how ridiculous we are when we get into our own routine like we're talking to someone on the phone and we can't be possibly like irritated enough to have to call for a pizza from the car like things like this we get in our own way and it's hard when our partners our spouses and our business people don't want to shift with the times it's like no what you have a phone you're talking to me right now on the phone right. i don't understand there's apps that you you know you can do right. it you, you don't have a couple buttons anybody you know I, I i definitely have a man who's technologically impaired yeah <laughs> my one brother my oldest brother he's great he will say what do you want for dinner i'll cook up the chicken like he'll come with ideas but yeah. you know so it's not every single one but the vast majority um, it's really difficult. And I do, okay. I do still see in my kids' friends that same generational, I sure. see the girlfriend get up to get the pizza for the boyfriend. You know, they're 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Like some of this yep. stuff is so ingrained in us. It is. And it is. there might be something, you know, who knows, Rob, there might be something in our DNA makeup that mm -hmm. makes women more conscious of these things because I know if it's me and my brother equal everything you know we're both the same education we both make roughly the same amount of money we're only a year and a half apart so we're roughly the same age mm -hmm. if there is a dirty dish i will wash it he will not mm. and he won't feel any pressure to wash it where i will feel pressure to fold up the blanket when we're done at the end of the day or sure. the kids need to eat you know and i i yeah. saw this when we were back east this in the cold because i'm grabbing hats scarf mittens boots for my kid and he's just sitting there and yep. i'm like grabbing you know for his kid like you know what i mean like it's just i think it's just and it didn't occur to him it's not like he's lazy he's not it just never occurred to you him know, to dress his kid warm there was a commercial on TV not long ago, no, excuse me, radio, Stephen and I were driving somewhere and it was talking about putting something on your dashboard on your car to remember to look in the back seat to be sure your child isn't in a car seat because of the temperatures being right. so hot. And Steve huffed at it a little bit and I said, well, you know, when you're not the one who normally has the child right. in your car and you're the one who's late for getting to whatever and all of a sudden you fly out of the car that's not in your wheelhouse to remember right. that there is a little human that's usually attached to your hip right um, and that's what's very very difficult for some families to divide not only to divide the responsibilities but to be able to then say I need a little time I'm gonna go take a bath watch the baby for me for a half an hour I mean you how many mothers don't eat in full full mouthfuls or full meals oh, because we, they're, we they're eating we on eat the whatever's go. left on the plates we yep. eat what got spilled out of the bowl yeah all of that kind of stuff for I can remember when uh, my first was just born and I went, I said, I just want to go buy something at the pharmacy by myself. And I left Steve at home with the baby. Now I had never had 
little ones in my life. I was an only child. My mom was an only child. There were no babies in my life. So I didn't know quite what to do with this little thing. And Steve was one of six kids and there had already been, I don't know, seven nieces and nephews already in the picture. So he was very adept at taking care of babies. So it wasn't that he was worried about how to take care of this child, but he couldn't understand why I was at the pharmacy for an hour and 15 minutes, which was literally right down the street from us. I was walking up and down every aisle. I was looking at mascara. I was looking, I mean, looking at greeting cards and giggling at the, at the funny greeting cards. The only reason why I came home is because somebody else had a baby in the pharmacy that started to cry and my milk let down. And I just, that sensation, anybody who's ever breastfed knows that sensation when it just tingles right into, right into your boob and it just let go. And I didn't have, I had those little pads on but it wasn't enough no I they had don't to catch they catch a little bit <laughs> the yeah, only reason not for I went home. but yeah you have to sometimes be your own advocate and be able to say I need to go take a bath or I I and just watch the baby for me for 20 minutes you know uh, or or I want to go to the pharmacy or um or maybe even when your kids are older like I make checkups. a joke of it Rob and I say okay I need a timeout. Yeah. Like I'm ready to blow. I'm ready to have a tantrum. I've had yep. enough. Like I need a timeout. And you guys, each of you need to go to your room. I'm going and taking a bath. Like, do not bother, you know, unless somebody's bleeding, yep. don't bother me. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's hard I, because the kids take it as a rejection. You know, it's like, right. oh, you don't want me to go to the store with me or you don't want me to go with you. No. Right. Right. But it's like, it you know, you could be Mother Teresa and I wouldn't want you could be the Pope and, you know, want I wouldn't want to ride with you. Right. Right. I And I think we need to just be in that mindset to say that's OK. You, you right. know, that that they're they they can appreciate the fact that you you're a busy person doesn't always sink in, but it eventually does. Eventually I can attest does. to it. Mine did. One of the things that I did do um and I think my daughter-in-law is grateful to me, is I included my children when we were cooking or when we were grocery shopping. And I I would sort of, and we would sit and watch cooking shows together. Um, It was one of the things that we kind of enjoyed doing. And now my son is one of the best cooks uh, i mean whenever he comes it's like okay i'm i'm out of the kitchen i i don't i don't lift a finger because he cooks for us all i mean he just is an amazing cook but what he does and he and it's kind of cute because we all text each other every day or so and um he'll say i found this recipe i was watching whatever gordon ramsay whoever and he said i saw him do blah 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 and then emily will pipe up oh i have this guinness stew that would that would work you know and so it's really fun now as adults for them to have that and that barrier was somewhat broken because my daughter-in-law may be working but ross will be doing the cooking or um it's a very 
equal partnership in their household as far as domestic things. So I, I, I think sometimes it's just you, you need to have a little patience, but if you're able to instill that desire or that uh, element of uh, cooperation, yeah, I guess. And you collaboration. Could say. Yeah. You know, when yeah. my kids were small, because I was a single household. Um, it was strange when my dad moved in because my dad had those old archaic things of like the woman cooks and cleans oh, and yeah. the man, you know, does the dishes or whatever. And, you know, I would come in and, and you know, and the kids and I, we had this routine where it's like you're on dishes, you're chopping, I'm this, yeah. you know, because as a single mom, I can't do it or I'd have to phone home and go, Max, I need you to defrost this, like right. do whatever. But, you know, the funny thing is it didn't kill them. You know, it actually made them well equipped when they went off to college to to take care of themselves it does. the biggest thing the biggest problem was me yeah it was me and my guilt and my you know not being able to let go of things or not only let go but to be okay with the fact that maybe they didn't get chopped up the way you like them yes. you know maybe the onions didn't get chopped the way you would normally don't go say, oh, no, 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 you have to do it this way. It's fine. And right. I think we need to remember that if the if the laundry is clean and it got put in the in the pan, in the linen closet or the towels are folded, the, the onions got chopped or the potatoes didn't get quite peeled. It's OK. Right. Well, <laughs> short some of something have... that, you know, that like chicken uncooked, you know, right, short of something your finger that's off. Like, you know, you want to teach them yeah. knife handling. But <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, I was married to a person for a long time that insisted like and I can remember the argument. I would put the cups away, the rim up. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, you have to put them away up like rim down on the ground and I you know on the on the cabinet and I said well why would the why would you put it rim down you put your mouth on the rim you're putting it literally in the dust and then he says well following your rationale if I put the cup up the dust falls into the cup like and there was a perfect example of going two completely different logical rationales of why the cup yep. should be the way it is and you taught me that you're like do you want to be right or do you want your kids to do the dishes? Do you want yes. to be right or do you want the laundry done? Like, so yep. what if the, the the towels are not folded the way you like or the, mm -hmm. you know, you're not creasing out. You know how my mom would always smooth <laughs> out the T-shirt like before folding yep, it, yep. you know, but there's things like that that you have to first figure out what's going on with you and this was a problem i had rob when i was overwhelmed and mm -hmm. i didn't know what was wrong like when they say like oh if you want to take time for yourself you have to express your needs you have to question your guilt you have to learn to say no and i'm like okay i am going 100 miles an hour i don't even know why i'm upset right like part of it is just slowing down enough. And I used to, you know, and I teach a journaling class that you're part of, but one of the biggest things that the family psychologist taught me was to sit down at the end of the evening and early in the morning, make a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, hot chocolate, whatever you want, and take a journal and write down everything that was bothering me. Because mm -hmm. when you don't have a partner, when you don't 
offer up all your problems, which I didn't mm -hmm. for a long time. They get all stuck and mixed up in there oh, and you're yeah. mad, but you don't know why you're mad. So how right. can you ask for what you want? How can you question your guilt? How can you learn to say no? Because you're just so completely stuffed up in your head and your heart. Exactly. All of this too is so good in theory, but when one has to be it, 20 miles in this direction at four o'clock for this sport game and this one's going to be 20 miles in the opposite direction um, for the other soccer game or whatnot you're the only one that can get them in both places and you've also got to make sure that you have your work if you've got work clients or you also have responsibilities to other things other than family it is hard and sometimes the clock it, it, we just have to get it done. Right. And, well, so and that's in, my poster board rule. Yes. There's always, no matter how busy you are, no matter what time of year it is, when you're an absolute shit show, your kid needs a poster board. Because yes. a poster board is not something you can just manufacture out of anywhere. You know, you can't get it at the grocery store. I think grocery stores should stock them, actually. <laughs> but I think a couple of the, the pharmacies stock them now. Ours does. But how many times do you you're running everywhere and your kid walks into the kitchen and goes, I have a report due tomorrow. I need a poster board. Mm -hmm. But you mm -hmm. can manufacture everything but the poster board. But I do have yep. a fix for the poster board. You want to know what my fix is? Yes. An Amazon box? And wrapping paper. Yes. <laughs> yep. Cut up an old box, whatever you have. I don't care if it's in the basement with a thousand spider eggs in it. Yes. Just cover that bad boy either with spray paint or old wrapping paper and if you turn the wrapping paper inside out most wrapping paper is white it's white yes so you can make yourself an emergency 8 p.m project due tomorrow because <laughs> that's the bane of my assistant my existence that is the thing too when you're going to the store and you've got to pick up the poster board don't buy just the one, buy three of them. And it, unless it's June and you know you're not going to, but you're probably going to need it in September anyway. I slide those kinds of things under the couch or under the bed so that they're out of the way. Oh, I stick um, them behind the bookcase. Or behind a bookcase. Actually, I've got some right here behind my piano. Um, I still have some, you know, I yeah. still have some. My kids are in their late 30s. <laughs> oh, yes, that's the... That's the one thing that when I talk to my mom friends all the time, the biggest aggravation mm -hmm. is always the poster board. Because, you know, you yeah. have glue in your house. Oh, yeah. You have paper in your house. You've got right. craft scissors. Like if you're a parent, you've got markers. You've got all this stuff. Mm -hmm. That one thing that you never have is the poster board. And fortunately, nowadays, most families do have a printer. Everyone's got Google. When my kids were young, we had to make sure we got to the library. We had to make sure that they drew the pictures or they used the Xerox machine to Xerox the picture out of the book at the library. So, I mean, there are some conveniences now that do make it a lot easier. I think the other thing that I was But thinking, they can't make a poster board. But they can't make a poster board, except I've got a gazillion Amazon boxes in this house. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, that's funny. The um, the one thing that I try very hard to do, and as I do a lot of freelance, I try very hard to not book things back to back. I've got something from 2 to 2.30. I don't put something at 2.45. I'll make sure that I put it at 3 or 3.15. I try to stagger some things if you're in a position that you can do that. Or if someone calls and says, you know what, uh, the kids get out of school at 2.30, 
let's have a play date at 2.45. Well, don't say 2.45, let's say three o'clock to give yourself enough time to do whatever. I think sometimes we try to put too many things in place. I remember, oh my gosh, I was with a group of girls and we were trying to plan a, a field trip, an outing. And they all had at the time day timers. This is before cell phones. And we were just trying to find an afternoon that they were all free. And it was nearly impossible. Nope, yeah. I've got this appointment. Nope, nope, I got this. I've got this. No, I can't do it then. I've got to do it. It was um, extremely difficult. So I think sometimes because society expects us to do it all, mm -hmm. um, it's okay for us to stagger things or maybe not do everything in if, if we have that kind of flexibility sometimes life doesn't give you that flexibility if your kids on a sports team they got to be there right <laughs> or they or they forfeit the game or whatever right right and the, you so. know those are things that that you know they seemingly creep up on us as moms yeah. you yeah. know because when you know when both of my kids when it's sports season both of my kids are in different sports, different fields, different, yeah, equipment, yeah, like different, like most parents and, yep. you know, dad might be at work or I might be at work, you know, and, and, you know, juggling as a single parent, mm -hmm. that's where I found when you, when you make time for yourself, the first thing that I believe everybody needs to make time for is just sitting down with something to drink and a piece of paper, mm -hmm. because you cannot be aware of what's going on inside of you until right. you slow down and listen to yourself because all day long you're listening to your kids you're listening to your spouse you're listening to your boss you're listening mm -hmm. to your friends you're listening to the tv you're answering the phone everything is you do for me yes and if you don't take even 10 minutes like i used to take 10 minutes in the morning 10 minutes at night not a mm -hmm. big deal but yeah. i would take a piece of paper and i would go what is going on with you or why are you so upset and then I would write down all these things I'm mad at, Rob, and I wouldn't censor them. I would just be like, you know, my kid's being a jerk or my other kid hurt my feelings. And, yeah. you know, my ex-husband's a lunatic, you know, like the whole thing <laughs> going down. But yeah. what it did was it created this awareness in myself of how pulled I was in a million directions. Now you can do this talking to a friend, but you don't want to turn your friends into garbage cans, you know, having to listen right. to all your complaints. You can do it with a therapist, but not everybody has that kind of money. Right. So when you sit down and you write some of these things out, you start to see things from your perspective. Yes. Like that's the thing. You're always in your kids' heads trying to help them figure it out. You might be in your boss's head trying to predict what they're going to need next. And right. when you sit down and write what's going on and it looks like this, I am so angry at my boss because he said this and this happened and this coworker did this. Mm -hmm. And then you step back and you look at it and you go, wow, maybe none of this had anything to do with me. Yes. You know, maybe boss is having a bad day or friend right. is being, you know, a jerk and needs to feel significant. So she's taking credit for your work. Like yeah. it allows you to step back from these things. And when you do that, you de-stress yourself, you get happier and you can have better relationships, even with your kids a jerk. Like I had an entry a couple of weeks ago where I, my kid is the biggest jerk on the universe and who does he think he is and blah, 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 you know, like total mom vent. 
And then I was like, doesn't he realize I was up till midnight last night helping him with the math? Oh, wait a minute. I was up till midnight. Maybe that's why I'm in a bad mood. Oh, wait, he was up till midnight. That's Both why he's us, cranky. Yes. And, you know, and it allows you to start examining why you're so angry or why you're so frustrated or why you're so hurt. And those things allow us to build better relationships because we're not building things on assumptions and biases. Like my assumption is my kid's a jerk. And it's like, well, that was wrong because the assumption of my kid's a jerk, the reality of is I'm tired and my kid is tired and we're both stressed. Yes. You know, and now you can come to that conclusion once you calm down that afternoon, but maybe you sure. blew up at him. Maybe you blew up at your spouse. Maybe you blew up mm -hmm. at your dog. So swallowing your feelings is not good. Tolerating things is not good, but also having a therapist on speed dial or, you know, telling your friends yeah. all the time, that's not good either. Yes. Yes. But everybody can have a pen and a piece of paper to write their feelings out because those feelings, Rob, are what are what get us in trouble when we yes. can't regulate our emotions, when we can't keep it under wraps, we're more apt to snap at people we love, say things we don't mean. So when dramatic things are happening in a household, like a divorce, like mm -hmm. a new family, like a new job, you know, or a new school or school is starting, yeah. or school is yeah. ending, all those transitions cause us just to go bananas. And having a safe space to write this stuff down. And if you write really mean, ugly things, just rip it up in little tiny pieces so that like even Abby on NCIS can't put it back together. <laughs> and that's cathartic even in and of itself, just being yeah. able to destroy that problem because it no longer exists. Um, and I think talking it out to yourself that way, just like um, clearing the air with somebody that you're having a disagreement with rather than letting it fester. Because if you don't um, emotionally get to the bottom of what is driving you uh, bananas, that um, you're, it's only going to fester and it'll get worse and worse and worse. And then the simplest things are going to be difficult for you to cope with. Right. And when you're overloaded emotionally, that's when you lose your keys, you lose your oh, phone, yeah. you, you can't remember if you shut off this or that, or you leave right. your kid at soccer and you pick up yeah. your other kid. You know, these things happen to us all yes. the time and yes. it's because we're overloaded and talking it out isn't always possible. Maybe yeah. you don't have a spouse, maybe your friends are busy, or maybe you've talked it out so much that nobody wants to listen to you anymore. Like I have <laughs> yeah. friends, I won't pick up their phone when they call because I know it's going to be an hour and a half of them whinging, complaining, crying. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not your porta potty. I'm not your dumpster. You can't mm -hmm. throw it all on me. You've got to find better tools. And if you mm -hmm. are that person that's dumping on your family, dumping on whatever, Try this simple pen and paper, crayon and paper, like you know, whatever you need to do, write it in lipstick on the mirror if you have to, but, but express it in a way that's only for you. Yes, absolutely. I love pottery as far as venting. I love um, needlepoint or, or, or Zentangle. 
sometimes textural things beyond just pen and paper. Yeah. But um, I, I've always been a pottery person. I did pottery for quite a while. But even with the uh, polymer clays or whatever, something that's um, that you can be punching or something that you can be uh, rough with, that you can be slamming down, you could be, uh, if you're angry about something, get it out. And whether it's paper or whether it's clay, like I say, I, I'm, I, I did that with my mom, too. I, I had her work with clay just because it was very difficult for her to um, uh, get her, her frustrations out with the loss of all of her functions as she got older. Right. I mean, all of those things, you know, whether you're writing, whether you're drawing, mm -hmm. you've got clay, you know, you've got all these different tools that you can use. Just make sure whatever you choose isn't frustrating. So if yes. it's frustrating to write, it's not going to help. Like right. I am all thumbs. I cannot do anything with art. You know, you're, you're Rob, you're so good with that stuff. That would just make me cry even more to give me a lump of clay. I'd probably <laughs> like make a hand with a big finger, middle finger. And that's up. okay <laughs> if that's what you want to do. <laughs> But you know what I mean? But like, we've got to find what, like you yeah. talked about, like the tactile, you know, or maybe it's painting, maybe it's, or, mm -hmm. maybe it's working out, you know, working yeah. out does wonders. Running, speaking. running, riding my bike, swimming, something. One thing that I used to do a lot of is I would take a longer route home. Even mm -hmm. if you have the kids in the car and they're plugged into their phones, if you take a longer route, oh, there's a traffic jam up there. I'm going to go this way instead. 10 more minutes in the car. Oh my goodness. Just, just everybody's quiet. It, you know, the, how the, the cars could be very quiet. And even if they're listening to music, you're in your own, your own zone and, and you're, you're, just got that extra 10 minutes before you're back in the in the chaos in the saddle because that's the thing yeah. too is sometimes you know don't discount taking your coffee or your tea and sitting in your car oh yeah like there oh, were yeah. many times where i didn't you know my kids weren't old enough to stay home alone but i just needed to get out of the house i was going to blow so i would take my book take my thing and i would just sit in my car in my own driveway because I'm not, nobody's leaving, you know, <laughs> with I'm here, but I'm literally out of the house so that I get a break. And I do tend to take, you know, 10 minutes here and there where I pull the car over the side of the road and I grab my water bottle mm -hmm. and I just take 10 minute breather, like five yeah. minutes, 10 minutes. Sometimes that's just enough. And when yeah. I, for your commuters out there, I commuted an hour and a half each way for 10 years. Yeah. And so one of the things that my therapist taught me that was really good, and it was so simple, she's like, when you pull in the driveway, wait five minutes before you get out of the car. She's like, organize your tote bag, you know, put the windows down, organize everything, get your stuff set, get your mindset, get everything set. Don't just whip out of the car and blow into the house. Like you need that transition time Absolutely. and organizing my purse or organizing my tote bag or taking a little bag and you know i keep a little uh roll of uh little uh paper basket plastic bags like the little tiny ones oh yeah will, yeah so i keep them they fit right in your door like right in that little cubby in your door so i can take out a a little you know baby trash bag and like pick up the the paper pick up the straws pick up the things like that just drive me nuts and they're yeah. my own stuff from eating and drinking in my oh, car yeah. 
I might take a tissue and clean the dust off the dash, like little things like that, that kind of reset me before mm -hmm. I go into the house. Because when you don't have that buffer, that's really tough. And, you know, mm -hmm. you're kind of in freeway mode. You're still in yeah. work mode. And then you got little ones or people who depend on you and you have to be a little calmer. So taking five minutes and just doing some breathing, like breathe in, hold it for four, out for four, put some calming music on, shut your mm -hmm. eyes for a minute, but don't fall asleep in your driveway like I do all the time and the kids think you're dead. <laughs> oh gosh, San, I love talking to you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, I have no filter and I have like, I'm like, this is me. Like, this that's is it. I love, and that's what I love about you. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> hope that you enjoyed these tips. We hope that you guys carve some time out for yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be back again soon with another great episode. Thank you for listening. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach Talk Radio.